Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank, building dynasty winners and unlocking ceiling outcomes. I'm Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara. And we got starting out with the big three thoughts for this week and some running back items. But we're going to start with Josh Downs. Really impressing third round pick. We've got uh, Reggie Wayne talking out of Colts camp. Uh, he's the ride receiver coach, saying he's the you know one of the best receivers you know in the in, at the combine, and he's got the the buzz. We've seen Josh Downs go in the first two rounds. Certainly, we I've seen him go in the top fifteen before Jordan, and uh, we we see this every year. Uh, I, I would say even a good outcome. We saw Romeo Dobbs a year ago where he actually got all the way to the season and was a meaningful element. But this Colts passing game kind of scares me because we don't know what what it's going to look like, what this offense is going to look like. Anthony Richardson seems like he's going to play sooner rather than later. And if Downs isn't the wide receiver one, you know, all all warning signs apply here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you have already on the roster, you've got uh, Michael Pittman. You have actually Alec Pierce, who, uh, you know, if you're if George Pickens is your thing, Alec Pierce should really uh, be a discount yeah. version of George Pickens. and more pedigree than Downs. Exactly, exactly. So you already you have all those uh, those situations already in play. Um, you know, listen, I think you got to be really careful about listening at this time of year. You know, this is a I always joke. This is a really good time of year to to get out on your bike and uh, and get riding and not paying super close attention to the news because I think the people that are really invested in the news at this point, what they end up doing is you know, changing their priors in a way that they really shouldn't, right? You think about what a, what a round three wide receiver is about 20 to 25% of those guys hit for a top 24 season in their fan, in their careers. And not right but, away. You just said no. career, right? Are you really, I mean, just, it, this is a trap question, but should you be holding Josh Downs going into year three if you have not seen overt productive signs to a graphic degree in year one and year two, I mean, that's a long hold for a wide receiver. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a long hold. Uh, and already, like if you get through, basically uh, if you're going into year three, um, you know, those guys don't hit in year one, right? Historically, it's a very low hit rate in year one. Um, and then, you know, in the year three, right, it's down to like a 19% hit rate and entering year four, it's 11%, right? So you, the attrition's really, really quick there. You also think like uh, hitting for a top 12 seasonal finish, about 13% of those guys do it. So those are really meaningful games. Again, in a, in an average, uh, the average uh, round three wide receiver in his rookie season, it runs 203.8 routes, which is uh, very low. And yeah, that's... You, you start looking at that. That's uh, that's eighteen point nine per game. By way of reference, second rounders run twenty four, and first rounders run twenty nine. So again, that's a huge difference in terms of what you can expect. Those guys tend to take a bigger jump in year two, uh, but year one, like this news and and the the commentary and the he's the greatest sense and all these things about guys that are catching in shorts and not in pads. You got to be super careful uh, investing a ton of time and energy into reacting to them. 
Yeah. And you saw, you saw the senior bowl. I mean, you don't get the the pads on or you do abbreviated stuff. It's hard for the running backs to look good. And it's easy for the wide receivers to look good, especially when you do 17 choice routes where it's like, Oh, I'm going left. I'm going right. I'm going left again. I got open. Yeah. That was six seconds. That's not going to happen in the NFL. I don't know what the value of this drill is. Excuse me, coach. You have to explain it to me. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Uh, explain it like I'm five. Uh, next news item, we got San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance. He's making big jumps as a passer, according to his private quarterback coach. So so the guy, unbiased, by the way, saying Trey Lance is making jumps from January through May here. So, I mean, I guess this is a good opportunity, number one, to assess the quarterback landscape uh, there for the 49ers. And again, I, I don't know about you, Jordan, but any sort of athletic or... Um, uh, performing art. The only real test to say you've actually made a jump is when the lights are on and it counts. So for Trey Lance, you cannot judge substantial jumping as a passer until he plays in a game. Not talking about practice, talking about a game. You should be able to make a lot of threes when it's not for the game winning shot in the finals. <laughs> so, so Trey Lance, I'm glad that he's dealing a lot of production in practice with his private coach and probably not the wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I would say, because you know what? They're probably waiting out for, for Brock Purdy, <laughs> the, the projected starting quarterback. Be like, yeah, can we get some reps with him in July? That's what we can't count about. Yeah. By the way, Brock Purdy starting to throw this week as well. So, uh, or next week, I believe, uh, on track to do that. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that puts him in, he's got a fighting chance to be back for week one has kind of been the thought if he can get throwing by now. So, um, Listen, like this is taking, you know, this is like asking uh, someone's mom, like whether or not you should date the kid. Like, yeah, oh, he's a great kid. Like, that's awesome. Like, this guy's his his private quarterback coach. Like, this is uh, this is something you should probably not be reacting to very much. Um, I'll say this: Can we go a little bit in terms of like, if not San Francisco? Like, where does Trey Lance land that gives him a shot at being a starter? Because I don't like I was looking around at this today. If he was traded right now, I don't know if there's a clear Well, this spot is the discussion we we're having with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like right. the Jets are, are like, oh, we gotta get him, we gotta get him. Well, what are the Packers gonna do otherwise? Like the quarterback market was relatively, you know, musical chairs. The chairs had been taken. The chairs were occupied. And so I yeah, if Lance were on the move, it almost seems like someone has to sour on their situation, you know, is that going to Washington? Is that going to uh, Atlanta? You know, a situation that maybe devolves when the the team gives a full or fuller look over these next few months. Is that something that could happen in August uh, of taking a shot? But yeah, Lance is falling. He, he went quarterback 26 in the startup draft I'm currently involved in. I mean, far cry from where he was going uh, 12 to 24 months ago when he was, you know, gonna be the next hot mobile quarterback. Now, there's two things that the one thing I would say, though, is there's a divide between is he going to be a successful or longer lasting NFL wide receiver uh, quarterback versus when he plays fantasy, what's going to happen? Those are two different things. And Superflex, there's a lot of stakes on the job security factor. He has none where he currently sits, where he would go next. No job security, none for you. But if he actually plays a game, he's probably going to be pretty valuable fantasy-wise in terms of what he's going to do, what the rushing does. But again, chasing that is very important to avoid just because the job security trumps everything. Yeah. And right, if you're playing start one, right, he's a better profile than than a 
you know, than, than in Superflex where you have to depend on him, right? Um, I just, I, I look around like him or Geno Smith to start more games the rest of their career. Like it's clearly Geno Smith, right? I mean, you start looking around like golf, like guys sort of in that range. Like, you know, you sort of look into the teens, into the twenties, like you, there's no chance I want to be in on. on Tell us the NFL is telling us stuff. Like what have they told us over and over again? Brock Purdy's Brock Purdy's good. We like him. Let's bring in Sam Darnold. <laughs> Which again, you get whatever you view on Sam Darnold is, he's a number three pick in the draft. And we've seen the 49ers be able to do anything with a functional quarterback. I will hearken this name, Nick Mullins. Do you remember Nick Mullins on the 49ers? Like sneaky productive and sneaky capable he's been a train wreck since he left the 49ers <laughs> like whatever contract whatever money he's got is because of the 49ers and putting that recipe you know together to have him be successful so it doesn't take much within the 49ers but Brock Purdy was essentially perfect <laughs> I think we're forgetting that I mean I think it's easy four months five months removed to forget Brock Purdy was literally perfect <laughs> Yeah. We you kept waiting for him to have a bad game. It was like, oh, they're going to move away from him with the bad game. Never had it. Right. Never had it. Ran the offense, and he actually had. So now it's going to be like the Brock, Brock Purdy search. He actually had some signs of his college profile that pointed to this. If he goes to a fostered offense, he will absolutely run it. Now going beyond that, putting him out in the woods, like putting him on Tennessee right now, like that's probably not going to go well. But on the 49ers he fits the exact uh, successful type profile that can, that can really uh, turn heads there. And he's doing exactly that. Absolutely. Is it, it's so weird to see Trey Lance right next to like Will Levis in startup drafts. I mean, just to talk about risk profiles of like, I don't know what I'm going to get. I mean, I, but just buried out there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it, I think it's a, it's the right shot of, of, you know, if you're, if you're looking quarterback three, quarterback four, something like that. I think that makes a lot more sense than, uh, you know, and, and the part of the problem is, is if you have him on your team right now, you probably spent a lot to acquire him, right? Like, I mean, you, you were probably, right. whether it's a top, you know, 25 startup pick or, you know, a, a top even earlier this start, this off season, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he still in like the mid teens? Yeah. Earlier yeah. this off season. For sure. And it's just, and, and really like Darnold has been signed, but there hasn't been, a ton of like, oh, Lance is going to be traded. Like there hasn't been some smoking gun. It's just been the continued, okay, he's, he's, he's quarterback 15, now 17, now 20. Now like, But just people are generally avoiding him more and more, and he keeps going. I do think when you get into the 30s, that upside is worth it. But seeing him like a round or two ahead of Desmond Ritter makes little sense. Um, you know, I mean, and Desmond again, Ritter I, I, might start more games this year than Trey Lance does. For his career. Yeah. Well, he started more games. He's Desmond's going to start more games this year than Lance has since what, 2019? Right. <laughs> or whatever, yeah. whatever the, the glaring stat is. All right. Number three news item of the big three this week. We got Saints running back Kendra Miller didn't participate in OTAs. He's recovering from a torn meniscus, uh, but he's on track. You know, again, that's a positive word, masked and, and bacon wrapped in a word that isn't super positive. He's on track to be cleared. Listen to this language by training camp. So there's two, two caveats there. I don't know about you, Jordan. I think a lot of people drafted Kendra Miller at like eight, nine, ten of these rookie drafts. That again, there's guys going half a round or even close to a full round later, similar profiles, and everyone's assuming Miller's going to have this big role. If 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 Kamara doesn't get exp- uh, suspended, this is going to be really interesting. And this is just a reminder: he's coming off a knee injury, and this is a lot of variable. I like the profile. 
but he's got to be healthy. And this depth chart needs to look a little different before you get super excited about it. Yeah. And I think it's a good reminder that like the Tajay Spears experience where everyone was super worked up about, Oh, like, you know, he's got this degenerative knee condition. Like there's no possibility he can have a long career, all that stuff. That's just the stuff that we know of. Right. And Kendrick Miller is a good example of that. There's a lot of stuff we don't know. Right. There are going to be players that have had offseason surgeries that we're not even privy to. Uh, and I think you got to be like really careful about it, making a decision about known injury stuff when so much of the unknown probably contains a lot of injury stuff that if you knew would also impact how you thought about a player. So I think this is a good example of that. Um, and, you know, and, and you have to kind of go back to where teams are comfortable with taking a player, right? Tajay Spears is a good example in this case, you know, uh, Twitter doctor, uh, Twitter doctors and, and, and commentaries saying, oh, like he can't have a long career. Well, Tennessee invested in a day two pick in him, right? Like uh, they probably know more about him than we do uh, based on partial reports about his health that, you know, no one's actually reviewed his stuff. So I think this all sort of fits into this, you know, overall, uh, you know, uh, a sphere of thinking about players. Like you got to be careful. And and so much of it is draft pedigree, right? Don't, you know, you got to be really careful about, about uh, specific information within those tiers, within those pedigree profiles, making a huge impact on how you think about players. Yep, absolutely. And and again, that arbitrage opportunity, you know, similar pedigrees, because we aren't talking about, you know, Devin Achain, a subsized player versus a prototypical player. We're talking about, you know, same draft round, and I'm, I'm referencing Tank Bigsby, you know, Kendry Miller versus Tank Bigsby is the big one here. And the fact that people think Miller, who's actually coming off an injury here, Tank Bigsby was performing in rookie camp. So he's obviously healthy now and he's on track to, you know, whenever, whenever there's a game, he's ready as of right now. And right now, Kendry Miller is not. And we've seen before what happens. I mean, what if he gets put on pup? What if he's just trending the wrong way in August and all of a sudden, you know, you, you drafted 110. And I will say this for a backup, how it currently looks drafting that it's hard to kind of get your money back and it's hard to have that insulation. But if you're a later second uh, valuation and price point entry point for your acquisition, it's a lot easier to profit both for your lineup and for trading purposes, if you so desire. I want to mention uh, this is a free show. Thank you so much. So many people have found us in the opening few weeks. We started just after the NFL draft and we also have patron content. So bonus and featured premium dynasty content this week on the deeper dive. We talked about the running back position, setting the table for what is going to be a few weeks here of analysis at the position. So you don't want to miss out on that discussion about 20 minutes and you get premium Jordan and Chad with that, as well as signing up, you get additional content, um, a bonus segment uh, where we talk about life. We talk about other topics as well. So again, you don't want to miss out. Be early on the YouTube, uh, on the Patreon content here at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Let's talk about some trades. We got one, uh, one or two. Did I get enough this week? So I wanted to flip it. We usually talk premium quarterback, but uh, FFPC, you know, trying to be constricted with your lineup and with your roster here. We got Mark Andrews, and I think he qualifies. Mark Andrews in tight end premium, especially with short rosters. Uh, so this is Mark Andrews and Amari Cooper in there. For Zach Charbonnet, a 24 first and a 24 second, trending towards a playoff team. But as we know, FFPC, that is very, very hard to assess. Yeah, I mean, in this format, right, I, I always kind of use the rule of are you, if you're trading away a future first, a random future first, are you getting a top 30 asset back? Um, in this format, 
you almost certainly are with Andrews. Um, you're probably getting even higher than that. And Superflex, um, and non Superflex, I, I kind of keep that number even tighter than just top 30. Uh, Andrews qualifies for sure. Um, so I'm comfortable sort of taking that side of it. And then, you know, Cooper versus Charbonnet is probably about an even bet. You know, kind of goes back to talking about some stuff that we talked about on the Patreon show, um, uh, our, our deeper dive this week, talking about roster construction and those, and those types of things. Right. Amari Cooper is a solution to a lot of those problems for you. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty cheap way to acquire Andrews. I've talked about, we've talked about how I think Andrews has a, a pretty substantial ceiling this year. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. And just as a core asset, I, I would mention this about Charbonnet, just an additional point here that in FFPC, these backup running backs, and even if Charbonnet is like a 60, 40 split, you know, on the on the secondary side with uh, Kenneth Walker, I would say, what does it matter? You're a backup running back. You're not being started. You need an injury to occur for you to be in lineups. So I don't think you should view Charbonnet a whole lot differently than you you would other backups, other clarified situations, because they all need something. So the fact that he's moving the needle a little bit, you're shifting to Cooper if you want to view it that way, or you know, a second for Cooper and Charbonnet and a first for uh, uh, at, uh uh, Andrews or whatever you you look at this trade I will just say don't overvalue the backup running back because it's hard to have the roster spots to even keep them off the waiver wire in the FFPC so you really need to not have a vice grip I mean yes Charbonnet in theory has more upside than some of these others that might be in a big committee uh, but to say that he stands out as like the guy and he carries first round draft pick value I wouldn't go that far and Andrews also allows you to have one tight end in your roster maybe as opposed to two or three because you feel like you don't even have a guy so so maybe if you have another guy that you have a flex consideration but most likely this means you can go leaner and meaner at tight end as well and uh, we got one more. Uh, so this is going to be a, a quick one, I think. We got Superflex tight end premium. We got Justin Herbert for 102, 103, and 212. And it's I think it's a little interesting because this, uh, this team that um, actually has uh, trading Herbert, they ended up having Sam Howell, and then they drafted Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. So they're going complete young at, uh, no pun intended, there at, at quarterback, giving away Justin Herbert. What are your thoughts on restacking the quarterback depth this way? Um, you know, getting a quarterback who is, has three hits through three years, uh, is a pretty uncommon profile, right? It's, it's really Josh Allen and, and Watson, uh, in the last, I think 10 years that have done that. Uh, so that's already a successful, uh, successful track, a very dense track. What you're choosing to do is to reset it with frankly, a quarterback that, doesn't fit a lot of the of what looks like an elite quarterback in terms of Bryce Young and in a quarterback who, while I like him, uh, has not, you know, doesn't I had to reset my my spreadsheet uh, thresholds to show his stats because he had so few dropbacks in college. Right. So while I like Anthony Richardson, um, that's who you're trading uh, basically this really high uh, floor player for. Uh, and Justin Herbert, uh, uh, you can't do that. You just can't do that. I mean, uh, listen, this person had 101 as well. Uh, so they so they basically take B. John Robinson. Like, if you had put 101 in a deal, right, you can actually solve your quarterback. Thing, right? You could probably have solved your your quarterback with a with some sort of top 10 to 12 quarterback in Dynasty in Superflex. 
if you had been willing to sort of put that pick in that deal. Instead, what you did was lean into, hey, I need to take that 101 and sort of rebuild my quarterback position, not using it. I mean, you're given picks, and this is the thing I always think that people got to be careful of. You're given picks to improve your team, right? You are not, um, you are not given a team to improve your picks, right? And I think that that's the thing that people find too, uh, too much. They they spend too much of their energy trying to get picks and get young players when the goal of picks is to get players that can really make a difference for you. And I think that this is that trade. Yeah. And again, you had Herbert and all you had to do was solve the other spot. And now it seems like you're trying to go the throw a bunch of spaghetti and solve all of them at once. And the odds are, if you do that, you're not going to solve all of them when your problem might've been, well, Sam Howell is my QB too. That was actually your problem. And Geno Smith, pretty affordable, right? Yeah. You know, Dak Prescott right now. I mean, yeah, he's trending up, you know, seen him in the late first more than the second, you know, uh, he's a half a round up probably from three months ago. Um, but that still is conducive. He's still a buy, you know, he's still someone that you can go one one probably for Dak plus, you know, or Watson plus, or you have, you have iterations or one one and stack a couple other things on your roster and try to go higher uh, up the board. So you still have options that way. And I think we have, we're, we're trying to untrain the bad habits and then at the same time train the better habits of just go after the like who do you want and it's like well i'd love mahomes well did you make any offers like right so a lot of people are scared to make offers and i don't know about you jordan but trading to 101 and startups or trading for mahomes in an existing league it's available like people say oh mahomes is untouchable well but he's, he actually is touchable. He's very touchable. And <laughs> that's not a reference to his brother or anything. But um, just in general, I, I think you need to be open to being aggressive towards what you actually want. And instead of just going, well, Bryce Young is going to be the next Herbert. And then I got Anthony Richardson, who's going to be the next Jalen Hurts for free. Like that is a very... That's a risky way to go about Dynasty. And giving up these top quarterbacks is probably the easiest way, Jordan, right? To de-insulate yourself in future years to just go into the wilderness i got nobody now you have right right now you could have everything correct in a a high variance world of two or three quarterbacks from this class work out and it's the exact two that you have and they work out graphically yeah you could be on that small pie pie slice of, of outcomes but the most likely outcome is you gave up a quarterback that will be tried and true for years to come and again there's good times, bad times, but you stay with the bad times with the profile makes sense. And now you took two guys that just the likelihood is neither one works out to a Justin Herbert level and you're still out there in the woods. That's the most likely scenario. Yeah. I was just looking up some Patrick Mahomes trades um, with players actually involved Careful. in this deal. Uh, Patrick Mahomes for Sam Howell, Bijan Robinson, 111, a future first and a couple of seconds. <laughs> right. Like that's accessible. Was- was that was that doable, right? I don't know if that one eleven is two hundred one in this because you had one hundred one, right? Like, yeah. like that's did you did you shoot for the moon, right? You yep. instead of it's, we always say this, right? Go up instead of going down, right? Your your first inclination should be, can I get another elite guy as opposed to I need two depth guys or two? You know, I need to Let me divest back. from the elite guy Correct. going the other way Absolutely. so I can get two or three possibles. Absolutely. Um, all right, we got one more. And I actually, because again, both of these profiles are inherent with risk. And so I wanted to kind of test Jordan to see, because we've never done this straight up. So I wanted to see where we stand on these two players. We got 12 team Superflex, best ball. We got Justin Fields in 112 for Anthony Richardson in 208. 
I find it interesting that Fields is giving the better pick. Yeah. Right. That's that's the first thing that jumped to mind. Um, so you could say, like, hey, I think they're similar bets, like just take the better pick. Um uh, I, if I was making an investment in the future, again, could, did you trade before trading Fields in one twelve for Richardson? Did you offer that up the board to someone better? Right. That's you can probably go to Herbert for that. Yeah. Could you? Did imagine. you try? Right. Like, did yeah. you try and go up? Um, that's that would be the first thing I would ask. Um, but assuming that you, your process was sound, I'd rather take Richardson. Like I think Richardson's a better bet as a passer, right? I've I've expressed a lot of concern about Justin Fields as a passer. Um, you know, just he he takes way too many sacks uh, and uh, and isn't that effective as a passer. And like those things are those things are very sticky and they're hard to get out of. And well, Richardson's going to a situation that we just saw proof of concept that they can make this work. Absolutely. And he doesn't do those things, right? Like they're actually, it, it, there was a lot of comparisons. There He's was not a an egregious of... scrambler. That's the one thing that always yeah, struck right. me is he, he scrambles a good amount, but it's not a crazy concerning, like that's his only move. That's his only tool. When pressure comes, he avoids sacks, but it's not through just running like Malik Willis. <laughs> no, he, he's a he's a yeah. very high level. He's a Mah- like in the Mahomes stratosphere of avoiding sacks and pressure. Again, right. I don't throw that comp around very often, but he is an elite, a top two percentile at at managing the pocket and avoiding sacks. That's stuff that translates. That's sticky, right? Burrow was terrible at that in college. He's terrible at it in the pros, right? Mahomes and Allen were awesome at it in college. They're awesome at it in the pros. Like that's something that's really sticky and Fields is terrible at it. So, and and you look at those stats and it, they stick in terms of who the good quarterbacks are and who the bad quarterbacks are generally in the NFL. So um, that's really the stuff that I'm concerned about with Fields. And again, Fields, you're going into year three. It's um, like, you know, the average first round starter, right? Starts about five, uh, 50 games if the, if you if you're on a bus track, like the bus track guys busted about 50 games, right? That's about the average. Like you're sort of getting in that window. Again, they did the Jalen Hurts thing where they kicked a couple of picks out. So they have future flexibility if they want to readdress the position, right? That's, and, and he hasn't shown the developmental passing growth that, that, uh, that Hurts and Allen had early in their career, even though he's gotten some of those cops. So for all those reasons, like, I don't know if I'd give 112 on top of fields. Like, I think that's probably a little excessive. Uh, but I, as a general matter, I think I'd rather take the Richardson bet than the fields one. And I know that probably puts me in the minority. Yeah. And for super flex, again, you'd rather get a 112. It gives you options to get a future first, you know, type of trade. Um, you know, think of what the cost is to trade down from 112 to 208 uh, for somebody else. 112 gives you a lot of outs to trade for a veteran wide receiver that can plug and play for you. So, so that is a meaningful shift. Um, and it is best ball. So again, you're looking at two quarterbacks that obviously can stuff the box score. The one thing I would say is Richardson reset the clock. You mentioned about, you know, expected starts coming out. Fields is already tolling. Richardson hasn't started, you know, so that resets the clock and it doesn't feel like a Trey Lance situation, you know, that we're going into and Richardson, whether he starts week one or not, uh, is going to have a decent leash. And I, I just trust that he's going to be fostered a little bit more than we've seen with some of these other quarterbacks, especially Justin Fields from a what's around you. What are we asking you to do? And let's try to get you comfortable and successful and i think that's one of the bigger things that we've, we've seen in the handling of fields that has not you know can't make you feel comfortable the thrown to the wolves factor is definitely you know there it's with some of these younger quarterbacks and it does impact you know their trajectory whether they would have been successful somewhere else uh or not a la you know brock purdy as we kind of talked about earlier in the show 
we've got from life and dynasty lessons learned. And this is a quick one, but uh, Jordan, I, I'm in a situation where don't have a lot of gym options. You know, when we travel around, sometimes I have them every day. Sometimes I don't. And this is one where I, I found the best gym in the area. I was going to go there and to be efficient, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I haven't worked out, you know, that, it, with, with resistance and all that in a couple of weeks. So I'm like, I'm going to burn it. I'm going to burn it out. And I was going to go there. And I know the deal with gyms, you know, you don't like, even if you're going to do a one month or something, you can't connect the bank account. You can't actually do the membership. So I was like, they offer a one day and I was like, okay, it's 15 bucks. I'm gonna have a great workout. Let's go do this. And so I go through the thing, you know, they think I'm going to sign up forever, but I'm just like, you know, I just want to work out today, see how it goes and, and all that. And I was like, it's $15. And I was like, okay, you know, here's the $15. And they were just like, they didn't want to take my money. And it's like, uh, do you want to like, they had to ask the manager. It's like, oh, we do, you know, because I think they think they're greasing the wheels and like them being nice to me means I'm going to sign up for the next five years. And their model is all off. By the way, it's only like 30 bucks a month and it's a nice gym, but they wouldn't take my money. Three times I offered. And this reminded me of, you know, those games when you go out to eat, like, you know, two couples, six couples, a family or whatever, and you get the fight over the bill, right? Like, no, 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 I got it. No, I got it. And then someone goes over and uh, pays the server directly, like away from the table. And it's just like, ha ha, I went over and paid. It's like, but it becomes this game. It's like, one of my big lessons is just, just say thank you. Like, like at one point I was just like, okay, you know, thank you so much, you know, for today. I look forward to checking it out. And just like, you know, I tried to pay, like I tried to pay multiple times. They didn't want it. But I would also say this for the dynasty angle of this, which is a lot of people overthink trades. When they get a deal they like, again, I'm fine pushing your chips, trying to get a little bit more, trying to sculpt it. But a, a, like, it's easy to outsmart yourself and be like, wait a second. And you you check the news and you're like, did someone break their leg? Like, what's going on here? Like, this deal can't be this good. And they overthink it. And every once in a while, it gets revoked. You know, or maybe get they sent it around offers to the rest of the league. And your just valuation is, system is different. So it when in doubt, just say thank you. Like, and I don't literally mean you email and go, thanks for the, the lopsided trade. You're awesome. But, <laughs> but in general, just analyze it from your perspective. Again, at a, at a point I was a patron and I just wanted to use the gym and pay the requisite value for, you know, for, for usage. And they didn't want me to do that. That was a business decision they were making. So at some point, just say, thank you. Like, like me, me at the, at the dinner trying to pay for everybody would be the equivalent of like, I'm hiding $15 under their keyboard or like at the front desk. And it's like, ha ha, I win. It's like, <laughs> let someone do something nice for you. And, and when someone sends you an offer or a counter offer where you're like, wow, where did that come from? That's why we talk about making a bunch of offers because they might all be similar to you, but one might be graphically great to somebody and horrible and like, what are you sending to me with another deal? And you view them all similarly. So in the dynasty trade market, sometimes don't overthink it. Just literally look at for what it is. You're like, I like this deal. I'm not going to mess with it. That I can just click accept and move on with my dynasty team build. Yeah, I dig it. And it's funny because you sent your thought there, hey, you send out a bunch of offers and let's see what comes back. Um, like there's a lot of times that what our offers, like what we are seeking in a deal, uh, or what we see on the other team and maybe like, Hey, the trade that we're trying to achieve, we don't even put into place what could actually be a better deal, uh, because of what, how they value players. Right. So their, their motives, right. Their reasons for giving you that discount might've been different than really what you were thinking about as, but 
Hey, it's, it's uh, a way that you're able to benefit. So yeah, don't, it's one of those, what's the, what's the saying? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Like that's kind of one of those deals. Yep, absolutely. So again, just say thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a novel concept in life. I think it could happen a lot more 50 years ago than it happens today. We always look for what's the angle here? What's going on? And sometimes it's literally just two people being nice to each other, passing in the passing in the streets, passing in the day. Um, Jordan, what's on track for us over on the Patreon side this week for subscribers and new patrons coming up? So we already did our deeper dive. That'll be out. Once you hear this, that's all out over there as well. So we did it on um, running backs, roster construction. We got a little uh, little after hours that we're going to record after we record this show. Probably going to involve uh, potential uh, some, some biking uh, incidents here, as well as uh, I'm sure there will be a little NBA talk that goes on and uh, maybe a couple little fantasy nuggets as well. So um, so we'll have all of that. Again, I will also have an office hours coming out this week. Uh, I've been working on that uh, as as uh, you did one. I'm going to do one. And uh, we're kind of kicking that back and forth every every week or two on some like added stuff uh, just from us individually. So that'll all be out there. Um, again, plenty of content as well. You get all the, if you sign up, you get all the stuff that's actually out already as well, right? So it's not just going forward. You get all the stuff that's out already. Uh, great reception, both for this podcast as well as uh, Patreon. So super uh, thankful for all of that. And um, yeah, just come over and join us and uh, it's, you get um, more podcast uh, content from us and um, and continue building your dynasty teams out. Excellent. Yep. And that's at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL at McNamara dynasty. Also, we have our adjoined uh, and separate uh, websites. You can follow us at analytics of dynasty.com and UTH dynasty.com. We talk about it every single week, but thank you so much for supporting the show, getting it off the ground. Uh, we're on a great trajectory here and delivering that value back to the listeners and patrons. So supporting the show, rating, reviewing, all that is great stuff. And as always, you got to unlock your ceiling, seek those elite results. 